You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to 3CR's Radioactive Show, produced on the unceded lands of Ngāi Iwi. I pay my respects to Ngāi Komatua, past and present, and welcome all First Nations people listening today. The Radioactive Show is distributed across the stolen lands known as Australia on the Community Radio Network, and brought to you with the financial support of the Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth Melbourne. My name is AC. In today's show, we share an update on the campaign to stop a nuclear waste dump on Bangala land near Kimber, South Australia. We start with words from Bangala people who are staunchly protecting their country from the proposed radioactive and toxic waste dump. Speakers include Elders Roddy Wingfield, Harry Deer, Les Taylor and Dawn Taylor. Bangala Determination Aboriginal Corporation Chairperson Jason Bilney and Deputy Chairperson Jonas Deer. Also, Bangla man Stephen Atkinson. This audio was recorded by MAV Media. The Bangla people sought independent electoral commission so that we could have our say regarding waste facility dump on our land. We voted unanimously no. We did not want that rubbish, that poison on our country. The reason why the Bangla people sought an independent electoral commission was we were actually excluded from the community vote. That's right, our government excluded us from the vote on our own country. We have native title over this country. We've spent the past 25 years fighting for that native title. And now we don't have a say, that's not right. We should have been one of the first people besides the residents of Kimber to uh, be in on that vote because it's our country. Simple as that. That's white man's law for you. They're just two-faced bastards. It's all wrong. It's not the way that governments should be working. They should be working with our people, for our people, not against. Nuclear waste in our region is disgusting. It should not be allowed. I am very, very angry with Minister Pitt. We, the Bangla people, did not have a say on what was happening. It sucks. Nepambi is in the middle of the food bowl of South Australia and that's where they want to dump the nuclear waste. So how do all of you South Australians feel about that? Hell, how do all of you Australians feel about that? The waste from Lucas Heights, they want to bring it to South Australia and put it in our beautiful country, your beautiful country. Why not leave it there? Why put it anywhere else in the country? Let's leave it at Lucas Heights. The radioactive nuclear waste dump going ahead is a real shit of a thing that the bloody federal government has done to us. You know, that's like being bullied again. If you were to put Kimber vote as well as Bungalow vote together, it would have been 43.7%. The minister said it would never put it anywhere without broad community support. How do you say that is broad community support? And the government wouldn't let us on the site to do a heritage survey, and yet they say they've done their heritage survey. We haven't done no heritage survey out there. We were excluded. We were not told we cannot go on that country to do a survey. 
the government has gone around this all the wrong way. There's been no consultation with us bungalow people, the traditional owners of this country. They, they, they haven't done anything right from the get-go. They're just, again, stating where they want things and putting it where they want to. Intermediate waste is going to start travelling to that facility across roads, across Australia, through suburbs, and then it's going to sit on bungalow country. What happens if that stuff leaches? It will poison the water, will poison the plants, the animals, and it'll poison us. It's not uh, one generation that's going to cop this. It's going to be generation after generation after generation. Yours, mine, all of our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren are going to be affected by this. We don't need this in our country. Is it safe? No, it's not safe. Let it stay in Lucas Heights, where it's manufactured. We're still class of second-class citizens, still class of flora and fauna. We're here. We're not going to lay back and let you just destroy our country. We're going to stand up and fight and protect and reserve what country we have left. It's our right. It's our culture. It's our connection to country. It's our Mother Earth. Irity Wundy, keep it in the ground or keep it at Lucas Heights. We don't want it on Bungalow Country. Today we filed the documents for judicial review in the court and so we're fighting this dump. We want your support, we need your support. The more people that support us, the more people we come together as one is the only way to make change. That was Bungalow Determination Aboriginal Corporation Chairperson Jason Bilney calling for support after they launched a judicial challenge to the nomination of Napandee Station on their lands on December 21st last year. I'll add a link to the crowdfunder to our podcast page so you too can support Bangla and their fight to keep their country free of nuclear waste. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, produced for 3CR and distributed across the community radio network. Next, we hear from Dr Jim Green, who was interviewed by 3CR Tuesday hometime host Jan Bartlett about the current state of the campaign to stop the nuclear waste dump. While the world's tension, it would appear, is concentrated on the war in Ukraine. In Australia, local domestic issues take the backstage, i.e. floods, reef bleaching, etc., One such domestic issue with implications for the country as a whole is the federal government's plan for a national radioactive waste dump near Kimber, South Australia, which was formally announced in November last year. But opposition to the dump has not diminished. Bangala traditional owners, local farmers and environmentalists are continuing the battle to stop the dump. Today I'm speaking with Dr Jim Green, the National Nuclear Campaigner for Friends of the Earth. First, Jim, identify what the government's proposed dump will contain and where it will come from. Uh, well, there's really two dumps or two facilities, to use their words. One is a burial site for low-level waste and one is an above-ground storage shed for long-lived intermediate-level waste. So the low-level waste will stay there forever and the interim or temporary storage shed, we've got no idea where that long-lived intermediate-level waste will eventually be disposed of because it's destined for deep underground disposal and the government hasn't even begun any serious consideration of, of where that 
uh, deep underground facility might be. And in terms of where the waste comes from, well, that's pretty simple. If you measure by radioactivity, over 90% of it comes from one site, which is the Lucas Heights site south of Sydney, operated by AMSTO, the Australian Nuclear Science and Technology Organisation. Now, is that material at AMSTO, is that Australian material or is that coming from overseas? Yeah, but it's all Australian. The only stuff that comes from overseas originated in Australia in the first place, and that is uh, spent nuclear fuel from the research reactors that have operated at Lucas Heights, and that spent nuclear fuel is sent overseas for reprocessing. It's gone to both the UK and to France, and uh, the reprocessing waste is sent back to Australia. You're saying there's two issues here. Are they both in the Kimber area? Yeah, that's right. They plan to build both for disposal dump for uh, low-level waste as well as the storage site for intermediate-level waste, both at Kimber. Right. Well, into the equation comes the law in South Australia, which was the South Australian Nuclear Waste Storage Facility Prohibition Act and addition of the South Australian Olson Liberal Government a number of years ago. Where does that fit into the equation now? That legislation could be overridden by the federal government and that is what the federal government intends to do. Uh, we've just had a change of government here in South Australia. Last week we had a Liberal government who was saying that they would amend the legislation to make it easier for the federal government. But I don't know how it will play out now. Um, I hope the South Australian Labor government uh, shows some strength and sticks up for South Australia, in which case they might not be on strong legal ground, but they can make it very difficult politically for the federal government, uh, which is exactly what we want. We want the state government to delay it as much as possible and to make it a, a huge political issue until the federal government has the, has the sense to back down. Well, in the past, the Labor Party in South Australia were opposed to it, yeah, they still are. They're not really proactive about it, but they've got a clear position, which is that they oppose the dump for one particular reason, which is the opposition of the Bangala traditional owners. And the Bangala are unanimous in their opposition. And so that's the main reason that state Labor opposes it. And I think that probably also applies to federal Labor as well. So... Of course, this whole debate will uh, be flipped on its head if Labor wins the federal election in May. And, you know, it's not entirely clear how federal Labor would handle this issue, but I don't think that they would be crude enough or racist enough to go ahead with a nuclear waste dump that is unanimously opposed by the traditional owners. So I would think that that would be the end of it if, uh, if federal Labor wins. Did they make any noises in the last little while that they might take this action? Yeah, uh, well, the clearest indication we've got from federal Labor was that a year ago they opposed an attempt by the federal government to amend federal legislation and the amendment was designed to block any judicial or legal challenge to the nomination of the dump site and Labor said that that was unacceptable and so did crossbenchers, so that government amendment was, was voted down. So, I mean, that's a clear sign from Labor that, you know, they're thinking about the issue and they're aware of it. But, you know, we don't know 
go back quite some years when the Rudd government was elected in 2007 and uh, he appointed Martin Ferguson as the and Martin Ferguson as the minister responsible for dealing with nuclear waste and Ferguson was every bit as bad as the worst of the liberal party people um so his behavior was appalling we could get that again but i don't think so i think for federal and state labor as i've said pushing ahead with a dump despite the unanimous opposition of the traditional owners it's just a bridge too far how was this site near kimber chosen and why well about six or seven years ago the government called for people to nominate dump sites around Australia and from memory there might have been about 26 different sites nominated including some sites in Kimber and the government initially rejected the Kimber nomination because of a lack of community support but there were some very determined people in Kimber who re-nominated the site and it was accepted and through a long process of attrition and other sites being knocked off Finally, we ended up with Kimber side being the only one that And who are those people that pushed for it? Well, there's a, a federal politician called Rowan Ramsey. He's in the coalition. And also some Kimber farmers, in particular those that stand to benefit from the whole issue financially. So they would be the main people. And they had a... The government initiated what they called a community ballot... So it was a vote of locals, but it was farcical. It was rigged in a bunch of different ways I won't go into, but the government also excluded Bangala traditional owners from voting in that community ballot, which was just an outrage, and even fought a, a legal case to prevent Bangala being included in that community ballot. So, And the whole thing was lubricated with multi-million dollar bribes. So when they finally did have the community ballot... 54% uh, of the locals supported the proposed nuclear waste dump, but Bangla were excluded, so they conducted their own ballot, a professional independent ballot, which revealed zero support, absolutely no support whatsoever for the nuclear waste dump amongst Bangla traditional owners. And if you put those two ballots together, it comes out at 43% support. So they don't have majority support, and the government has also set a benchmark a benchmark for what they call broad community support of 65%. So, in fact, they've got 43% support, which is not a majority, and it's a long way short of their own benchmark of 65%. How did the government justify leaving the traditional owners out of the voting? It was very legalistic. You know, they said that only ratepayers can be included in the ballots. So, you know, traditional owner rights are not rateable rights in the legalistic jargon. So that's as as good as it got in terms of an explanation. It's obviously not very good. You know, th- another answer would be to say that they're just disgusting, blatant racists and that they knew that tr- traditional owners were opposed, so they did their best to exclude them and even fought a court case to to maintain their exclusion from the ballot. Well, that goes back to the 19th century, doesn't it, where people, the only people who could vote were those who, were the, who owned the property or were ratepayers. Yeah, I know. You know, if you follow the government down the rabbit hole of their logic, well, 
Bangala people several hundred years ago might have had the foresight to initiate a system of rateable property rights in the eventuation in the event that uh, European colonizers set up a, a rate paying system such as they are now using to justify their exclusion from the nuclear waste dump. It's, it's just ridiculous, but we shouldn't go down those rabbit holes. It's basically the coalition government being blatantly racist, the Murdoch press completely disinterested and basically supporting the dump, Labor being opposed but not at all proactive at state or federal levels, which is really disappointing. You know, Labor, state Labor was not making an issue of this in the federal in the, in the state election contest that led up to last Saturday's election. So we need a lot more work from uh, all the political parties, a lot of improvement. That was Dr Jim Green, nuclear campaigner for Friends of the Earth Australia, speaking about the proposed nuclear waste dump on Bangala country in the context of the recent South Australian election. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, produced for 3CR and distributed across the Community Radio Network. Next up, interviewer Jan Bartlett asks why farming land is being targeted for a nuclear waste dump. Now, this is going to take place on farming land. It's a fact that there's not a great deal of farming land in South Australia. There's not a lot of arable land in an arid state. How much of that precious farming area will be impacted if this goes ahead? Well, it's not a huge, huge area. I think it's 100 hectares, but I could easily be wrong with that. But we're concerned about the impacts if there's an accident, and you know that could that could significantly widen the environmental impact. There's also the reputational damage that you know Kimber will be known as Australia's nuclear dump site, and I don't think that will fare well for agriculturalists on the Air Peninsula. And how is the material going to get to Kimber? A very large majority would be trucked to Kimber, and we don't know the routes yet. The government won't say what routes it's planning to use and uh, probably doesn't even know itself, but, you know, not over 90% of it measured by radioactivity is coming from Lucas Heights, so there's only so many possible routes it can take. There's only two or three options, really. And some of the waste... They ship the repro- spent nuclear fuel from Lucas Heights. They ship that overseas and it comes back by ship. So that would have to come through a port and that would almost certainly be the port of Wyala. Well, environmentalists and groups such as Medical Association for Prevention of War have long voiced their opposition to this. Is there a hidden agenda in this project? No, I don't think there's a hidden agenda. I don't think there's any agenda at all or any thought at all. If you look at the reasons why the government is wanting to build a nuclear waste dump, well, there aren't any logical reasons. If you go back 20 years, it was very clear the Howard government wanted to build a nuclear reactor at Lucas Heights and they thought that getting rid of the waste would lessen opposition to that nuclear reactor. So there was some logic. If you go back about 10 years then the spent fuel reprocessing waste was coming back from overseas and they were very keen to avoid taking that reprocessing waste back to Lucas Heights because it's a 
because there are a lot of electorates in the southern Sydney region and they were worried about the political fallout. But anyway, that's where the reprocessing waste is going and there hasn't been any political fallout. So if you ask yourself now is the reason for a nuclear waste dump now and there's no reason at all, no public health or environmental reason, there isn't even a political reason. So you can think of this nuclear waste dump as a solution in search of a problem. And it's especially problematic for this intermediate level waste. That's by far the most dangerous waste. Almost all of it is currently stored at Lucas Heights, where they've got a heavy concentration of Australia's nuclear experts to manage that waste and to deal with any problems that arise. They've got high level security as opposed to the Kimber site, where you just have a couple of security guards. Uh, if they left that waste at Lucas Heights, it would avoid the transport risks. And as I mentioned before, this intermediate level waste is destined for a deep underground repository, which could be anywhere in Australia. Uh, it could be in Queensland, New South Wales, WA. So to move that waste from Lucas Heights to a storage shed at Kimber in South Australia, it just is so ridiculous and indefensible and, uh, you know, just absurd, really. Is this plan saying that they're going to remove all the waste from Lucas Heights or just some of it? I guess they would aim to move all of it. But one of the issues that needs to be thought through with these debates is a lot of places continue to produce nuclear waste, Lucas Heights in particular, but also uh, hospitals and some scientific institutions. So they need to have good on-site storage facilities, even if there is a, a remote centralised dump somewhere. So that's one of the issues that we continue to press the government on is um, you need to rethink this whole process, start from the beginning, look at sites where they're continuing to process waste and make sure that they do have adequate on-site storage facilities because they're going to need them even if a dump is available. Other sites, which we call legacy sites, where they're no longer producing waste, uh, well, there's certainly a strong case for centralising management of that waste. But none of these things have been thought through. We don't have a proper inventory of the waste, of how much waste is stored where and in what sort of conditions that waste is, is stored. And you really need that baseline information before you can really move forward in any uh, credible way on this whole issue. And you need to think through all the different options, including the most obvious one, which is leaving the waste at Lucas Heights for the interim. It might not be a great solution over a period of hundreds of years, but seems to be a, a viable solution for the coming decades where uh, ANSTO is still operating and they still have high-level security and they still have most of Australia's nuclear experts working there. And I'd imagine they'd have to train up new nuclear experts to go out into the middle of the desert. Well, it's not the middle of the desert, is it? Into South Australia. Yeah, well, in, yeah it's farming land. Um, well, I think they were hoping that whatever expertise they will mainly come from ANSTO, from Lucas Heights, they've moved the federal government department responsible for this issue. They've renamed it and now call it the Australian Radioactive Waste Agency, but it's essentially a government department. They've moved that to Adelaide. I think they're talking about having 35 
staff there. Uh, there are many hundreds of staff at Lucas Heights. I really don't know what their plans are. They're talking about operating it on a permanent basis and having 45 staff out at Kimber, but that's not plausible. It's not plausible if you can if you look at radioactive waste dumps overseas and how much waste they're handling, how many staff they have. The way they're promoting this this configuration is because they want to talk up the number of jobs that will be at Kimber you know, to win local support. But in a previous version of this, under the Howard government, they were saying there would be zero jobs at the dump site and every once every three to five years they would truck in the waste, dispose of it and then roll out of there and there would be no one there on a permanent basis except a couple of security guards. So, yeah, it's it's all up for grabs. We don't know what they're really planning, but they're just trying to uh, talk up the number of local jobs that would be available. I'd imagine there'd have to be a fair bit of expertise to build or to excavate the deep container for this waste. How deep is it and what would it contain? Well, well for the intermediate level waste that's destined for a deep underground repository, that would be hundreds of metres underground. But remember, that's not what they're planning at Kimber. They're planning shallow burial and it won't even be underground at all. It's a very strange idea they've got. It's essentially going to be above ground, but covered by several metres of dirt and clay and whatever else they've got in mind. You do need technical expertise to manage anything radioactive. You need really good monitoring. You need people who know how to respond to incidents and accidents as they happen. But at another level, digging a hole in the ground or covering drums of waste with metres of, of soil. You just need a bulldozer for that. You don't need uh, any expertise whatsoever. It's pretty low-tech. What about the vehicles to transport the material to Kimber? Do they have to be specially, have special containers on them? No, but they do. I mean, they are clearly identified as carrying radioactive materials. But that's about it, really. And there are plenty of examples around the world of accidents involving trucks with radioactive waste. So we're worried about that. We're worried about emergency service capabilities around Australia along this transport corridor from Lucas Heights to Kimber, but also from other sites around Australia. You know, it wouldn't be a difficult job to make sure that emergency services capabilities are up to scratch, but that involves forethought and planning and some some expenditure of funds to upgrade capabilities where that's necessary and I don't think that there's any forethought or planning going on and certainly no willingness to uh, to expand funds to upgrade capabilities. Well where to from here Jim for both the traditional owners and the concerned citizens? Well, there are quite a few things bubbling away. The traditional owners have launched a legal challenge against the nomination of the site. And the most practical thing that all of us can do to stop the dump and to support the traditional owners is to uh, support their crowdfunder, which is funding their legal challenge. And people can do that by going to GoFundMe and searching for Bangala, B-A-R-N-G-A-L-A. And... uh, donating a few dollars to them as much as you can and in addition to the traditional owners legal challenge 
Uh, we've got an environmental assessment process going on, so we've just put in submissions over the past week for that. That will drag on for some time. There's an independent inquiry by the federal nuclear regulator, Arpanza. There's also the federal election. You know, that's pro- probably the game changer. If the if the coalition gets kicked out of the federal election, that will put us in a much stronger position. But, you know, we're absolutely continuing to fight politically and publicly and by supporting the Bangala in the legal challenge. And we will continue to do so. And this is faux South Australia or this is faux Australia? Both. Okay. Uh, and also faux Melbourne is, is supporting this as well. Thank you so much, Jim. And we can um, cross our fingers perhaps for the federal election coming up. Yep. Thanks for that, Jam. Okay. Bye. That was Dr Jim Green, nuclear campaigner for Friends of the Earth Australia, explaining how to support the fight to stop a nuclear waste dump on Bangla land near Kimber in South Australia. That's it for today. You've been listening to The Radioactive Show, produced for 3CR remotely in Te Punamu in Aotearoa on the lands of Naitahu Iwi and broadcast across the stolen lands known as Australia through the Community Radio Network. This show and all our previous podcasts can be found at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. If you want to get in touch with us, please call the 3CR office on 03 9419 8377 or email radioactiveshow.3cr at Thanks for listening and here's to a nuclear-free future. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.